Okay, so, are you anxious right now? Well, if you are anxious, you wouldn't be alone. One in five people in the UK report being anxious at any given time. In fact, in the UK, in 2223, 39% of women and 30% of men felt anxious for most of the time that year. And that's gone up significantly in the last five years. Now, what is anxiety? Anxiety is a type of fear that usually is associated with the thought of a threat or something that will happen in the future. But it can be something that's happening right now. So that reminds me, actually, there's something I needed to check on my phone. Um, it'll just take a minute. I, I need something to, someone just to fill in. Keith, could you, could you fill in just for, um, just for a second? And, uh, I don't know, talk about something. Uh, West Ham. You're talking about West Ham. We love talking about West Ham. We won't work. You are for that? Is that all right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 fine. No, it's fine. Thank you, Keith, for being willing. I'm, I'm all right now. Thanks. Um, now, now, if I'd done that to even Dan Dwelly, he'd have been anxious, okay? As uh, familiar he is with standing up here and preaching to you. And the point is, is that sometimes anxiety will come on when we take on something unexpected, like being asked to speak in front of a, a hundred people or so. And that's normal, because what happens in our bodies is we get adrenaline that's pumping through us. And that adrenaline produces a flight or fight type of response. So if I'd checked Keith over, I'm sure his temperature would have gone up a little bit. He'd been slightly sweaty probably in the palms, if I'd let it go on much longer. And his heart would have been racing. And that is what happens to our bodies when that adrenaline is pumping we might feel other physical things as well. You might feel palpitations or you might feel you're getting shaking in your limbs or you might even feel numb in your, in your body. And all of that is normal. It's normal physiology. It's what's going on inside your body and it is adrenaline. But anxiety is when these things happen, when this flight or fight type of response happens much more frequently and with sort of minimal Things. It's not related to new, unexpected things, but actually just happens. It can be related to specific triggers as well. So for some of us, it can be related to certain situations, like seeing a spider. For some of us, it could be related to social situations. For some of us, it could be related to life in general, and actually we're anxious most of the time. For some of us, it's related to our personalities, and often that stems from childhood. So if you're anxious and you've been anxious as a child, particularly before your teenage years for a lot of the time, that usually sticks into adulthood. So some of us just are more anxious than others, and that's okay. So my preaching today, I hope, is going to be of benefit wherever you are in that continuum. So for those of you who get anxious when you're put in a new situation, or for those of you who are anxious all of the time and have it more severely. I'm going to use the terms fear and anxiety interchangeably because they're sort of on the same continuum. But I'm not going to use medical terms like generalised anxiety disorder, which is just a description, really, of anxiety that's more severe. But again, whatever stage you're at, I hope these words will bring you some encouragement and perhaps some challenge. When I came here last year on depression, we discussed the mind, the body and the spirit. And our focus for this next 25 minutes or so, you'll be glad to hear, not much longer, will be the spirit. To see what parts of the Bible have to say on overcoming anxiety. 
Now, we'll discuss a little bit about the mind and body, hopefully if we have time in the Q&A, but we will touch on it to a degree here and in other bits of this sermon. And I want to say that whilst God's word can be transformative in managing fear and anxiety, there is a place for addressing your mind and your body as well. So that means good exercise. That means sleeping well. That means a good diet, lifestyle measures. It it could be social interaction, support from the church and friendship. And all of these things will be good for your spirit as well. And there is a place for seeking support for your mind and body from professionals such as psychotherapists or health and well-being workers, or dare I say, even GPs and mental health professionals. Although for most people, actually with less severe anxiety, the evidence is now that medication and and people who can prescribe medication is is less at the forefront of things rather than our well-being. Look, and we know from God's word that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So we shouldn't feel any stigma or worry about talking about these things. One in five of you right here, right now, are likely to be suffering from some degree of anxiety anyway. So why should we hesitate to speak about it? But now let's dig into Psalm 27 so we can glean a little bit more about overcoming anxiety. I'm going to move around this psalm and also some other passages in the Bible. And we're going to consider this in three headings, which, uh, uh, which um, uh, Graham alluded to earlier. The Lord is our light. The Lord is our strength. And the Lord is our salvation. So let's start with this psalm. And the first words that David uses here are, The Lord is my light. Now, light feels good, doesn't it? I say this as, and I know this is going to upset some of you, we've put up our Christmas decorations and Christmas lights. Yes, it's November. But uh, we felt the peer pressure. And And we love putting up the Christmas lights. It's the first time we've actually put proper Christmas lights outside our house. And we've got this road. That's not a house. No, (laughs) Uh, no, we've got this road right around the corner from us in Spencer's Wood. That's really well known. Some of you may have gone down there just to see the lights because it's really spectacular. (laughs) All the houses look like that, basically. And that isn't one of them, but they look like that. Our house does not look like that. Um, But it's interesting. We we, we love it, don't we? Those lights, they just add uh, a bit of something special to Christmas. And we know light is good for our well-being as well, don't we? And I say this as it gets darker and darker, and perhaps that's worrying you these next few months and the long hours of darkness, and you're thinking, how am I going to get through until March, April when it's lighter? So what we need really is sunlight all the time. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? Well, it actually does happen in Iceland. They have 24 hours of sun around June. And so it's called the midnight sun. So yeah, you've got sun all the time. Eventually, obviously, there is some darkness, but that sunlight is there 24 hours a day. Well, interestingly, the place where the highest rate of antidepressant and anti-anxiety medication prescriptions by some way in Europe is Iceland. And the UK comes in at number three. But we don't need examples from the world to tell us that light is good. Light is commended by God. And right from the beginning, Genesis 1, 3 to 5, God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. God made it clear from the outset that light was good and he separated it from the darkness. 
Now, David starts his psalm by saying that the Lord is his light. It's very personal for him. It's not a generic, generic feeling. Fear or anxiety is like a dark shadow that envelops us. And it ultimately can imprison us within ourselves. And all of us have been a prisoner of fear at some time or another. Perhaps it's fear of rejection or misunderstanding or some kind of uncertainty in life. And often one of our biggest fears and anxieties are relationships. <coughs> now this could stem from difficult relationships with our siblings, friends, other family members or quite often our parents. Some of us may have been through difficult traumas growing up in childhood. And this makes us reluctant to engage with other people because we're fearful of hurt or rejection. That's tough. That's, that's really tough. And it's a challenge for us to overcome that kind of anxiety that stems from that. And often we do need support, including from professionals, to help us. Now, David went through several traumas and issues. We see many of the Psalms, how many issues he went through. And he struggled with anxiety. And he struggled with relationships, not least of all with his own children. Let's take Psalm 139, verse 23, this famous uh, verse where David <coughs> says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. It's pretty clear, isn't it, that David is reflecting to the Lord about his anxious thoughts. But David also speaks about how his faith in the Lord helps him to manage this anxiety. Let's look at Psalm 94, verse 19. Where David says, when anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. The Lord consoles him. How does your Lord help you? What's your relationship like with him? Is Christ the light of your life? Does he bring you consolation and joy? Now, we all need to consider as, as uh, Christ is the light of our <coughs> lives. Jesus Christ himself says in John 8.12 that he is the light of the world. Whoever follows him will never walk in darkness but will have the light of life. So he's not a light. He is the light. And we see this in John 1, one of my favourite chapters in the Bible. The first five verses really tell us about how Jesus is the light. It says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. <coughs> Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus has overcome all darkness and can liberate us from our fear or anxiety. His perfect love drives out fear. He is the shining light that can overcome any darkness that threatens to overwhelm us. And he liberates us by forming a relationship with us that cannot be broken, that is faithful, consistent and loving. Now that might be different to relationships as you've known them in your past. But here is a relationship that you can rely on forever. And we see that here with David in, in verse 10 of this psalm. And David says that even if his parents forsake him, the Lord will receive him. 
And that's a promise for all of us. You know, some of us know what it's like to have our parents forsake us. But actually, we know that the Lord never will. Ultimately, we know this relationship has overcome everything, even death itself, as we discussed earlier. He is the light that we should be attracted to. And it's a never-ending light. It's not like my Christmas lights at home, because we are going to have to put them down. I'm sorry, Radna, but, you know, we are in a cost of living crisis and having Christmas lights up in February is not a strong look. So they will have to come down eventually. And Iceland, they get their 24 hours of sunlight, but actually it will get dark at some point. No, Christ is a perpetual light. It's a light. His light is a light that will never fade. And we get a glimpse of this true radiance of Christ in Matthew chapter 17, verse 1 to 3, which I'm sure you'll know. But after six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Can you imagine how that must have been to see the shining of the face of the Lord? David seeks that here in this psalm as well. In verse 8, he wants to seek the face of the Lord. Now in following Christ's light, we are given a way forward even in difficult relationships and how we can manage them by Christ's example and teaching. And David alludes to this in verse 11. He says, teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Our Lord is our North Star and we want to follow his way. So whatever difficult circumstances we face, remember this as believers. We will see his face in heaven and there will be no more fear or anxiety there. We will see the full nature of his purity and light. So the Lord is our light. Whom shall we fear? No one. Nothing. His light overcomes all darkness. So let's think about what David says again in Psalm 27 verse 1, when the Lord is our strength or our stronghold. So we've got a picture here. Okay. Who's this guy? Does anybody know who this guy is? No. Very good. So it is Francis Ngannou. Francis Ngannou <laughs> is a mixed martial arts fighter. That's, that's what the title he's holding there. Uh, very strong man, clearly. He's been in the news recently because he fought his first professional boxing fight against Tyson Fury, who is the heavyweight champion of the world. So a mismatch. And Tyson Fury did win, but only very narrowly. So this man has been getting worldwide praise, apart from this room, about <laughs> how he fought uh, this heavyweight champion and, and did so ad admirably and did so courageously. But Francis Ngannou, for all his strength and power and abilities, is someone who's had his issues with anxiety. He's described how he lost his first MMA fight and how it made him so anxious. He then lost his next fight as well because he was still just thinking about what had already happened and he just couldn't let it go. And eventually he had to take some time out to work on his mentality and come back successfully. Now, David here in this psalm and many psalms has been through his share of battles too. 
I mean, this psalm here is thought to be written at one of his times of exile. And his language in verse 2 and 3 has very strong military themes as he discusses <laughs> enemies and armies that will battle against him. But what are the battlefronts of your life that are causing you fear or anxiety? Perhaps it's worries about being in social situations because you're never somebody who's been very confident or gregarious and you're worried about judgment and what people might think of you. Maybe it's health concerns. You're somebody who worries about every single symptom or feeling you have because you think it's a serious diagnosis and what that might mean for your future. Or maybe it's your future generally that you're worried about because you're somebody who likes to be in control of things and you can't control your future. Well, whatever it is that causes you anxiety or fear and what is your battle line, this psalm illustrates the confidence that the Lord will provide that you need to overcome that situation. David is so confident in verse 3 that he says, Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. This is a man of faith who, despite the challenges around him and the situations he's in, he knows the Lord will be a stronghold, as he says in verse 1. Well, how can you have that strength that comes from the Lord? If you came to see somebody in the NHS, and there's a lot more well-being workers now in the NHS, if you saw someone, they might discuss with you how to build your physical and mental strength to deal with your anxieties. <coughs> and it is good for us to build our physical strength by improving our diet, taking regular exercise, 20 minutes a day, gets, gets your heart going, and sleeping properly. And in particular, if you're anxious and you get palpitations, dealing with how much caffeine you have and how much alcohol you drink, that's, that's good. And it's good to deal with some of the physical symptoms that we feel as well. And it's good for us to build our mental strength by talking through our difficulties with friends and colleagues and getting professional support at times, especially if we've got thoughts that just won't go away and that keep us up at night. And cognitive behavioural therapy online or in person can be really helpful and good for those things. But sometimes we can over-medicalise anxiety. And we downplay the importance of God's word. And we downplay the importance of our spiritual strength also being worked on. David here, he is spiritually strong, not because he's had an easy, comfortable life, but because of the challenges he has faced and how he has seen the Lord come through for him faithfully. And that helps to build his spiritual strength. He trusts in the promises of God more than the situations he has around him, <coughs> more than the, the terrible armies that are against him. Perhaps you are in need and are in that situation where your spiritual strength needs building up. Well, let this psalm encourage you and challenge you. Let this psalm be a tool for you to look at and meditate on when those challenging situations occur, those anxiety-inducing situations. And let me ask you this. Which passages or verses from the Bible do you look to when you are anxious or filled with fear? What are the promises of God you hold on to dearly? Are you willing to submit yourself to the Lord? Or do you lean into your fear and seek solace from temporary measures like social media or alcohol? Now these things don't have anything bad in them 
selves. But if they're what we're relying on to get us through difficult times, then we will struggle. Isaiah 41.10 is one of such promises from the word. And this has been so helpful for me in my life as I've struggled at times when I felt anxious. And he says, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. This promise is like gold dust (laughs) when we face the battles of life. Or perhaps you need to remember this promise from Romans 8.28 when you've received difficult news. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Ultimately what will build our strength is reliance on the Lord and turning to him. And that means prayer as we see in Philippians 4, 4-6. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So remembering verses and passages like this, and like Psalm 27 verse 1, will be your strength and guide you in your faith and to help you build that spiritual strength. And turn these promises of God into prayer as you walk daily with the Lord. And do it together. We need one another, don't we, to grow in our faith as a community of believers. The Lord is the stronghold of our lives. Of whom shall we be afraid? No one, nothing, because the Lord is our strength. Finally, we'll just move on to Psalm 27 verse 1, telling us that the Lord is our salvation. Have you needed rescuing? Well, do you need rescuing day after day, night after night from those anxious feelings? Here's a man who knows what it's like to be anxious day after day, waiting for rescue in a seemingly hopeless situation. This man, does anyone know who this man is? (laughs) That's right, yes. This is Jose Henriquez. He was one of those 33 miners in Chile in 2010 that was trapped underground for 69 days. Day after day, night after night, they were in that situation, just trapped in darkness. So I'm going to read out some of his story. These are his his words in an interview in 2020. He says, we began looking for some escape route. There was none. Then we realized we needed to organize ourselves as a survival mechanism. And all the jobs were being distributed. And some of, the, some of the people turned to me and said, Don Jose, you are the man to lead us in prayer. I said, no problem. But we Christians, we pray to a living God. So if I'm going to pray, we will do it the way I tell you. We came to the conclusion that though we had lost everything, we had the possibility of prayer. There was no human way out. We had to dedicate ourselves to prayer. So that afternoon we formed a prayer circle and that evening we also prayed. We knew God's presence was with us. And that is why we say the 34th minor with us there was Jesus. As we began to pray, people began to open up and promise to return to him. 
Now, one might have lost hope when having to wait for so long for rescue, but Don Jose was crucial for those men. Why? Because he believed in a living God that would rescue them. A God who cares for him. A God who cared for those men. A God who cares for you. And he cared for David too. And David knew that. David had so many trials that he needed rescuing from. Not just a bit of help. He needed rescue. And David's faith is strong enough here that in verses 13 and 14, he's able to say that I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Will you wait for the Lord in your worries and fears and anxieties? Can you see the goodness of God in each day? Are you confident that God will see you through the trials that you're going through right now? Remember this, we have a God who cares for the individual. He cared for Jose and those miners. He cared for David and he cares for you and me. So why don't we unburden our hearts and fears to him? As it says in 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. <coughs> well, let me go back to Jose and the miners. After 17 days, the first supply line was able to reach them and they could get food and water and even small letters. But what did Jose want most of all to be sent down? What do you reckon? Bibles. Tiny Bibles that could get through the little tube they had with the outside world. And he said they were necessary so he could preach with greater authority and depth. You see, Jose's concern at that time in that tunnel was for the rescue of those miners. But it was for the greatest need that they had, which is for the one who rescues us from our sin by his sacrifice on the cross. So we could form a relationship with God. The one whose death and resurrection are our rescue from the consequences of sin. It is Jesus Christ who is the greatest rescuer, the one we need to save us. Those 33 men were <laughs> saved after 69 days, physically. But they were also saved spiritually as they gave their lives to Jesus in that tunnel. After their rescue, actually, they wore T-shirts with Psalm 95 verse 4 on them. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. They recognised that everything was the Lord's and they were so thankful for being saved physically, but also spiritually. So let me ask you this morning, have you been saved? Have you committed your life to Christ? I, ho I hope you have. But if you haven't or aren't sure, then happy for you to come and speak to me or to Graham or to Dan. Whilst knowing Jesus will not take away anxieties and fears, as we've already learned, that's part of the human condition, I'm afraid. It does mean we have hope. Hope that you will see the goodness of God, as David describes here, and that through God's word, you will be encouraged and help to overcome some of that fear and anxiety. But beyond this life, we have an eternal hope as well, which means that we will be with Christ. As David says here in verse 4, 
One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. That will be the reality in heaven, where we will not be bound by fear or anxiety anymore. So I'm just going to finish now by reminding ourselves of Psalm 27 verse 1. This is the one thing, you know, I'd like you to take away from this sermon, if you've not listened to the last 30 minutes. Take this away today, tomorrow, into your week and forevermore. Let's use this and other promises of God's word to help us in those times of fear and anxiety. Let's unshackle those fears and, and, and burdens we carry as we give them over to the Lord. Let's submit ourselves willingly to him. The Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is a stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Amen. Fantastic. I'll hand back over to Graham. You can stay there, Amit. Yes. Um, yes. Thank you so much. Like really helpful reminders about the spiritual side of anxiety and how we should gaze upon Jesus, our God, as those three headings. So thank you so much. We've had a few questions. I think we've got maybe three or four minutes just to kind of touch on a few of them. Um, I think there's a bit here around um, dealing with... So some people might say, is anxiety a sin? Or there might be a, a line that people say, oh, you're yeah. anxious because you're sinning, or those kind of things. So how do we kind of <coughs> deal with that? And I guess part of that is maybe if, we, it's, if we're the one that's anxious maybe deal with some of that guilt we might feel because of feeling anxious. Any particular reflections on those points? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean so it's a, it's a common thing, actually, amongst Christians being concerned that my anxiety is a sin, you know. Well, I think, you know, if it was sinful, um, we wouldn't see the, the Bible talking about anxiety in the way we do. Obviously, David has so much anxiety through so many of the Psalms. But actually, even Christ himself while he was on the earth, was able to reflect on the fears and anxieties that there were. Christ felt despondent at times at what he saw around him. And he was the one that we know who is sinless. So, it's a, so to be anxious is part of the human condition. It's the, way, it's the way we're built. So it's certainly not sinful in of itself. But being anxious and being fearful can mean that we are struggling at times with belief. And I think it's important we recognize there is a spiritual element to it you know whilst we may have had difficult childhoods or there may be other reasons for why we are anxious actually we shouldn't acknowledge the spiritual battle that is going on and the fact that the, the devil will want to, to tap into that to lose our faith by gripping us in anxiety so i think we have to be conscious that there is this constant battle going on with our mind our body and our spirit so not to downplay it, but equally not to feel guilt about it. And as I say, a lot of us in this room right now will be coming in here feeling anxious. So it's not a reason for us to feel guilty, but it is something we should be talking to one another about and being open about and, and sharing, I think. Yeah. Thanks, Amit, and for just taking these on the fly. I think what about like interacting with others who are feeling anxious? <laughs> Um, you know, what do you say to someone, I guess, who is feeling anxious? And I guess, like, and one of the particular questions around this is, like, you know, someone's reference kind of Luke 10 when Jesus kind of rebukes Martha and says that don't be worried about doing the cooking. Yes. Come and cheer with me. Yes. You know, so much of that is the 
definitive way, but like I'm sure there are many ways it's got to be personal. Yes. But any reflections on things that might be helpful to, sh- to share with someone or say to someone who is encouraging, either spiritually or kind of more mentally or kind of bodily. Yeah. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So I think in terms <laughs> of uh, you know, dealing, I guess, with someone you know may be anxious, I think just first of all I would say be somebody who's willing to listen and actually not provide solutions necessarily. I think as a, as a doctor we can go very quickly into solution mode, but actually what most of all people need is relationship. And... So forming relationships with one another is crucial and using that to point towards the relationship that we have with the Lord. So I think sometimes if someone's going through a period of severe anxiety, reading through lots and lots of scripture whilst we might think that's helpful uh, may, may actually be a struggle because actually in that situation you may be feeling like you're distant from the Lord. But actually some way of praying with somebody or just taking through a few verses from from the Bible as promises of God can be helpful when we when we're in that situation. I think also we have to know our limits as well, right? So I think if you've got really severe anxiety going on and actually we can recognize that or we're concerned, I think then it is right for us to signpost to getting support. Uh, that might be professionals, that might be doctors, that might be well-being workers. And also remembering that you're not in it alone. So I think if someone is really struggling, is having a lot of needs, actually sometimes a tendency can be for one relationship to form really closely, which is, which is helpful. But equally, that might feel like a, a really big burden. So you may then want to speak to somebody else within the church so you can sort of share some of that uh, load, I guess, together uh, and handle it in a sort of more manageable way. So I think there isn't one right answer. And it does depend on the individual. Can't give you a template or a formula. But the biggest advice I think I would give is be willing to form a relationship and listen in to that anxiety and fear and to treat people seriously. Um, yeah. Cool. Last one. And then maybe just for like top couple of tips. So there might be people here feeling anxious. What are those immediate, maybe really tiny steps that maybe people can do practically just to kind of nudge themselves on a little bit if they're feeling a bit anxious, whether that be a big thing or a small thing. Yeah, yeah, no, thanks. Look, I think we talked a bit about the mind of the body in the sermon. We didn't spend too long on that, but those things are helpful. I think, you know, actually we, we know from all the studies that having good sleep, having a good diet, making sure you're getting some exercise, all of that is critical. Sleep is so important. You know, you all know what it's like when we've got young kids, you know, if you've had young children. Actually, if you haven't slept well, everything else gets more difficult. Your, your resilience is so much less. So actually, all of these things are, are really important and little things that you can do, I think, to help improve um, your anxiety. I think the biggest thing that I would say, again, is speak to others. The thing that really cripples is when we are just go into ourselves uh, with our anxieties. That creates a lot of fear. It creates a lot of guilt. Uh, we then don't feel we can interact with others, and we end up in this vicious cycle. So unburdening, sharing with others is, is the number one thing I would say. Uh, and sometimes recognising where you do need support and need a bit more help. And that might be in the way of uh, doing something with a, with a professional. And that's fine. But as I say, main thing I would say is go and speak to somebody. Don't be fearful. Uh, unshackle yourself uh, and, and share what's going on in your heart. Fantastic. No, thanks. Like. I was speaking to this people can hear me. No, thanks, Samuel. Like, uh, really helpful. If people have got other questions, then do go and grab a coffee and chat to Amit afterwards. Um, and there are others in the church that have battled with this, struggled with this. I myself had 
eight weeks off work due to anxiety and things like sleep, journaling, talking to people massively help. And so there are people that are in the church that can help, support, share experiences. So yeah, um, I share that so that maybe that makes you a bit braver sharing if you haven't told anyone before if you've had anxiety. But yeah, we're gonna we're gonna.